episode 42 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about our games of the month for March 2022. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam, Aaron, and I talk about which games we played the most, which were our favorites, and the ones we'd wish we played more. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself, Adam, and Aaron talking about our games of the month. As Adam and I were just discussing, the longest month ever. Pretty sure it was, I said I said maybe three months. Adam suggested it was five months, in fact. The Ides of March was so many days ago. You know what? Yeah. Didn't even think about the Ides of March. Yeah. I always think about the Ides of March. It's among my favorite turns of phrases. I learned this year that the Ides of other months aren't necessarily the 15th. For example, the Ides of February is the 13th. Well, that makes sense. It's just the middle. I thought you were going to say that the Ides of other months weren't called the Ides. Like they were the Odes, the Oods. No, they're definitely the, the Ides. Floppadillies. Now, I don't think any of us played any, what would that be, Caesar-themed board games this month. There is a game called Caesar. People are into it. But we didn't play anything. Oh. I guess Seven Point Wonders salad? Duel. Is that the closest? Point um. Salad. Caesar Salad. Yeah. Seven Wonders Duel kind of has some of a vibe of a Caesar-ish era oh, yeah. perhaps there's, a statue. there's statues and old world things and i know that adam played quite a bit of that still they have a little like f- like leaf rings that go around things like caesar leaf rings i bet there's a real name for that that we don't have ready it's just is, a is board a game circlet? a leaf circlet circlet i don't know adam what have you been playing on bga this month anyone that's listened to previous episodes know i've been playing uh two and a half buckets of Seven Wonders oh. Duel this month. So nice. uh, a lot of that, a lot of BGA this month is a good a good thing. Yeah. Um, because most of my picks are going to be BGA related. They're adding stuff constantly. I yes, feel like. they are. There's something again today. What do they just add? Oh. Uh, Isle of Cats with some expansions, I think, on there. So. Oh, yeah. I think it came out of beta. Like, it's all, it's full blown now. And that's like, they're not adding, what I really appreciate is, you would think we were sponsored by BGA. We're not. It's just that good. Would They keep adding things, and it's not like they just keep adding card games or just keep adding big, heavy strategy games. It feels like they are adding such a variety. So when you get on there, you're not just seeing like one small slice of the things they decided to program. You're seeing all kinds of different games and getting pretty much free access to all of them. If a game's not as popular and you're not on premium, it can be a little harder to get into a table, but definitely not impossible. You can join guilds on there, or I don't think they're called guilds, but they're like a guild or a group where maybe members of that group will start games. It's great. Very cool. So you've been playing Seven Wonders Duel. What else have you been playing on BGA this month? I've been playing Space Base a fair amount as well, which Mm. has been super fun and... Uh, very disappointing because I'm terrible <laughs> at the game. I even sent you and Aaron a message saying, can someone teach me how to play this game better? I lose constantly. I lost to you today. Congratulations, Kelly. Oh, Great thank job you. On the game. Thank you. I honestly had to look because we're playing more than one at once. We're playing it turn-based and it's a little confusing in that way, like space space because it is always just, you know, if you have not played it, it's numbers... Uh, one to twelve. Is there a one? Yeah, there's a. There's definitely there a, one? a one. Yeah. Okay. Numbers one to twelve. Yeah. And you have a little initial starting cards for each one of those numbers. And when dice are rolled, you get to decide what numbers you're collecting. On your turn, you collect from the blue box, which is the one that's like on your board. 
Then as you get more cards, whatever that initial box was, you like turn the card over and slide it behind your board. And then you have a separate value that you get to collect that's red on everyone else's turn. So as you select cards, you kind of keep adding to um, your own tableau of what you get while dice are rolled. So very engaging because you get something on every roll. Now in BGA, if you're not playing live, that can slow things down. However, they have these like auto select options where it will just, you can tell it, pick the best option for me. And you can uh, also have it auto select if there's really no option it'll just automatically confirm so you can kind of decide how much input you want i turned it on to just just pick for me and let's see where this is this goes but that's part of why when that game ended i was like how did i get these points because i just didn't see a lot of the rolls like oh it just it just it just kept rolling rockets on other people's turns i had a seven i had a a six rocket on seven oh and i think that was really all that happened in that game like i did yeah. other things but i think that was the main success in another game that we're playing i have a card that takes away like four points from quote all other opponents it's just adam i just keep taking points from him and i'm not earning more points I'm just, I'm just yeah. keep taking points from him and like not even doing better to succeed on my own so uh so as i yeah. recall the games that i played with adam we're playing one now but i'm going slow so it's not going forward you uh, used to roll out the all low numbers strategy do you, are, is that what you're featuring in your losses, or are you mixing it up? So I'm trying to learn this game better, and I see other people play. And I will say, when you play with strangers, I don't pick the number of players I'm playing with. So right. I am trying to learn to play differently with the two-player game, because I'm going to be rolling actively every other turn, versus in like a three- or four-player game where I'm getting more oh, non-active turns. Right. And trying to plan accordingly with that. I'm doing the thinking on it. I'm doing some strategizing, and I'm losing every single time. <laughs> so I I don't know the answer to anything. And if I tried to answer it, I'd be lying to you because my stats refl- like are telling me, you know nothing, try again. I've definitely noticed that other people, which is what I started doing in our games, they're just not buying cards as often as I personally want to buy cards. Like I want to buy a card every single turn, and just add something else to it. And I was noticing I got beat bad. Like I had half as many points as the other two who both got, I think, over 40 when the game ended. I noticed that they were buying a lot less cards and kind of spending money on big things. And then there are those cards that like point at a direction. And so you can kind of roll, you kind of turn all your rolls directed at a certain number that you've then loaded up. And I think that's what's a little weird about Space Space. And ultimately... As I've played more games, maybe I like Space Space less because if the right couple things come out, then it's just kind of it's kind of a crapshoot. I think maybe it feels a bit, in general, a crapshoot, and you're just sort of looking for those 10 really good cards that among all of the other ones that are in the box. Like Space. Yeah. Well, touche. Yeah, there's there's like one card in there, and this is similar to the shifting, but not the same. That lets you like when you roll it, you can switch it places with another card, and it's like an eleven. So you, what you effectively do is you take uh, a low, like a, a a very high value card that would have been on a low like probability number, and you put it on a six, seven, or eight, and then if you can get that done in any reasonable time, you win. I had one that shifted. It was a card that let you swap your like number four cards and your number eight cards, or something like that. So I like got that 
kind of, I got it early enough that I kind of planned for that swap. And then that did, that did work really well. But again, that's just, it's one card. It's just not always going to be there. So I feel like the people who are really good have a sense for what those like big money cards are. And they're it, like, maybe they're playing their game sort of waiting, like, you know, hedging their bets, but sort of waiting on one of those cards that's in a sense worth more than the others. At least that's how I feel. I'm also not great at space space. I will say when I play in strangers, they win a lot faster. Yeah. Like they figure out how to get those points up a lot faster than I do. Yeah. I have to, I, space, I, haven't space, played, I should play against strangers on space space. I have not. Like, yeah. I think my, my game of the month is a thing that the three of us played recently together that I hadn't played in a long time and kind of forgot how much I enjoyed, which is Castles of Burgundy. It kind of we, we we did like a BGA thing where none of us refreshed on the rules and we just kind of let BGA be our guide. But well, I mean, I scored a lot of points, so that also yes. adds to the fun. But yes. I thought, you know, oh, this game, this game is fun and engaging. There's there's enough in it. Like, I feel like my prime game is a medium weight game with lots of information. I will say that you and Adam, we did random on BGA. Adam and Aaron got the exact same board. But randomly, because it'll let you, uh, a lot of times when we've played the game in person, we all use the same board. Because we don't play Castles of Burgundy so much that we feel like we needed the variety. It's right. something that we typically only end up playing once, maybe twice a year. So they ended up with the exact same board. Now, Adam and I sort of proved that even with different boards, you kind of end up with the same scores. However, Aaron and Adam proved that maybe you with the same board you most definitely don't so i don't know which to take away from that i don't know if uh aaron's victory shows that mm, are the boards kind of better than one another or does adam and i's play show that it it doesn't it doesn't too much too much matter when i think i i, I can't do it i can't do it i was gonna talk about how unlucky i was to roll all those doubles he but... tried to tell us that he was unlucky or things didn't go his way but he definitely won by 50 no points? i wasn't trying to say that i was unlucky but i was suggesting that the fact that i rolled doubles was incidentally lucky in this game, but rolling doubles in general in that game is not as good, I believe. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's even true. It because when you're taking when you're taking your dice actions, using those dice values to take actions, sometimes they are on that main kind of board that everyone's sharing, where you're picking up new tiles or getting the goods or whatever. And sometimes they're placing a number, placing one of the tiles you've already bought onto your castle board. So the fact that you have doubles could be perfect if you need the thing that's in the six and then you have a spot to place the six or a five or a four because you can have um you have workers that mitigate your dice so i don't think the doubles thing i don't think that that is an inherent advantage or disadvantage i think that that's just as well as you're placing things out you might need definitely doubles or you might definitely not need doubles right yeah, I, I don't think that really bears much on the game overall. I think doubles late in a round where there's less to pick from and you need to like get stuff is, is decidedly bad. But your point is especially well taken. Oh, in the early well, part of the I mean, at that late point, two numbers that aren't where things are. A lot of the numbers aren't as good for you late in the round. And I will say the game was a little longer than I remembered. And especially on BGA where we were like, and we were playing kind of quick. Yeah, and that was when we actually did play 
live. Yeah. And it still took a while on BGA with BGA resetting the rounds for you because, you know, you do have to get out the tiles for every new round. I think there's five rounds. You have to do things with the shipping. And you capitalized on the shipping. I think that you came to remember the shipping rules a little more and got more out of the shipping, certainly than I did and I think than Adam did. Actually, too. Adam clarified the shipping rules for me about turn four. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do that always my favorite part like when you haven't played a game in a while and you kind of remember a rule and you share it with everybody that's always uh-huh. a good just a fun way to play yeah play games because all games to some extent are cooperative you're there playing together it's something right. that we're Absolutely. slowly trying to teach aaron adam was doing a great job of calling out in a three-player game the exact same things i call it to aaron in a two-player game i that was my favorite part i mean it would almost be my game of the month for that reason because that was very fulfilling and rewarding, and I really appreciated the friendship in that moment. So I have another game that I'd like to talk about yeah, uh, I bet you as, as sort of an honorable mention. <laughs> uh, and, and my honorable mention for the month uh, is Takedo. And Kelly and I played the two-player version of Takedo. We have the really nice, fancy editions. We got now, the, the little plastic pieces and yeah, the, and the we metal had, money. The original edition was among the first games that we got, and I think that's... You know, that's probably uh, pretty common because it is an easy-to-find game, very approachable. We've had that collector's edition since it came out, which now has been quite a few years ago. However, we don't really play it that much anymore. And one of the reasons we really liked it was because of how good the two-player mode was. You have this third traveler, and depending on the position of where um, people are on the board, that determines who gets to control that extra traveler. So you can kind of occasionally use it to block, but you don't completely own that person either. The other person gets that opportunity to block as well. I think that's one of the best ways that a two-player game can be implemented. Sometimes you just need that third person to kind of break ties and add some balancing. So it was really it was really enjoyable. Now, I would think we're going to do a game of the month, the game you want to play more, and then other call-outs and shout-outs. So would that be your game, the game that you want to play more? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I enjoy it basically every time we play it. It's a very pretty game, mm-hmm. and in, in addition to it being pretty, it's fun to play. Yeah, there's a, uh, this kind of shows the age of the game. In that collector's edition, there is a CD of a soundtrack that is like music for the game. And that's something that we often do now. We'll look on YouTube for some kind of music that seems to thematically fit a game and we'll play that while we play. And I did, in fact, just search on YouTube for the Takedo soundtrack. Someone was lovely enough to upload it. So we didn't have to dig out a CD player somewhere from our tech graveyard so that was that was nice as well yeah to, you know and i think in a game like that where it is a, a bit aesthetic and you are kind of you're trying to i think this was from a shut up and sit down review back in the day you're just trying to have the loveliest time so spending spending a you know afternoon playing a game where you're the whole goal is to just have a lovely time is uh is very relaxing yeah what would you uh what would you play more of We've already talked about Castles and Takedo. That was possibly on my list for things that I wanted to play more. So I think I might say, and it's because we have the big box for it, that Fresco game. Oh. And it's not like, it's not that it's amazing, but we have the big box with the extra things in it. And I saw it today and thought, like, it'd be nice to dive into some of those extras. We got the big box used or either used or cheap. And that's kind of why I want to get into those extra pieces and sort of find out, do I even need the big box for this? Do I even like these extra pieces? Or can I maybe downsize to just regular old fresco at some point? But it was pretty nice to play two-player as well. I think that's the one I would say play more. But there were a lot of games this month 
that I only played just like one time. My now right. my top of my list, I really went hard on a few games. Three sisters. And what else? And this is where I said this month was so long because this was something I did at the very Whoa, beginning Hadrian, of the month. You played a lot of Hadrian's Wall at the beginning of the month. I think that was last month. Oh, okay. That was last month. What did you do at the beginning of the month? Well, the these solo challenges that I've been doing from Ruel's uh, Discord, Legends and James run these challenges every few weeks. And Three Sisters was the one that's been running for most of this month because they also extended it a little bit. I don't remember if one of those Hadrian's Wall plays got into this month or was not. It Divi Dice? It wasn't Divi Dice because oh, again, that was last a month. Job. You apparently think that last month was this month. That's not the problem I have. Adam mentioned that in the apps for that's pretty clever, twice as clever, thrice as clever, mentioned that there was this second challenge sheet in there. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Have I ever seen that? And then I opened the app and like, boy, it's pretty flashy. They actually make a big old deal about how there's another map and it's like a animated arrow that points at it or something. So I got all of those maps and then I played each one of them five times. Gonshurn. So yes, Gonshurn clever, Doppelso clever, and then I don't remember what the third one is called. Clever Hawk Dry are the original names for them. Um, so yeah, and that was, I think that happened at the very beginning of the month. I would not say that I want to put that on my play more list. I think I really I think 15 is a is a pretty solid number for that. But I kind of like that about app games in general. It's once you, you know, you saw it on your phone and then when you find yourself with a few moments, it's like, yeah, let's open that up, see how that goes. The app is super good for that and I play it regularly, but the sound effects are insane and I don't care for it at all. <laughs> uh, what is it? Is it it's Mario? It. <laughs> it's, it, they're weird, but now they've endeared themselves to me. So like, I want the sound on because it like, am I really, am I really clever if I don't hear that nonsense? And there's like a, I think kind of noise. And then the, the rolling dice noise is especially like rickety and loud. Actually the dice rolling as well. I uh -huh. feel like they're not even lined up. I don't know. It's an immediate, I need to turn my phone off. <laughs> do you have a game, Adam, that you, uh, do you like to play more of? I do. I, I have two, I think. Or is it, Play more of and we're excited about, or is it the same category? It can be, so I don't it, you know what? It's format. pretty free form. I've got two games I'm very excited to play going forward. One of them is a game I played a fair amount this month, and that is a game, Kelly, you and I played called Beyond the Sun. I think oh. we might have mentioned it at one point. Big fan of the Tech Tree style game. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fun playing it. Lose nearly every time. It's <laughs> I'm terrible at it as well. Well, I feel like you. I have had to, a lot of fun with it though. because there it is a text tree. It's a text tree of cards, and then those cards get revealed. And so I think you have to give it quite a few plays before you really know the kinds of options. Like it'll ask you, do you want to go scientific or military? And I'm like, heck, if I know what might be in either of those categories that you know that's going to show up. So I think it is a game that kind of rewards you for playing more because you start to get a feel for what changing these branches. Because once you kind of change the way a branch goes, it's, it's permanent for that game. So I think playing more, you start to know what you're actually doing. And right now it just feels like you're an executive that's been given way too much power. And you're like, yes, this whole program will be about military now. So often that's what I do. Yeah, I've played eight games so far. Mm. I have lost the vast majority of those. But it is very fun. I would like to get more Tech Tree games into the games that I play. And I don't know exactly what those are. Maybe right. we could do a future Tech Tree discussion 
to find more fun tech tree games. Yeah, that might be a board board game geek like I wonder if that might be a forum thing versus like a category they have. There might be a, an individual who's pulled that together because I think it could be kind of hard to research. I, I do like tech tree video games, so it stands to reason the tech tree board games would be equally good. And uh, my second game that I'm very excited is Onboard Game Arena, shockingly. <laughs> I have not played it yet, but Blood Rage is on there now. Oh, right. And I'm you were very excited to play a whole bunch of Blood Rage. Nice. Yeah, I've never played it. Have you ever played it in uh, in physical form? I don't think so, but it's definitely possible it's happened. You know, yeah. just it's been a popular. Yeah. And it's, yeah, a fighty fighty area control game seems mm-hmm. like a lot of fun to sit there and watch TV and just play that on the computer. So, yeah, I feel like that's something you should play with Aaron. I'm not huge on area control necessarily. Like, it's fine, but I'm usually not seeking it out. Yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I would like to play. I'll play anything, right? We'll, we'll do it. It's that kind of enthusiasm that I'm excited to play with you, too. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll play anything. You know what? I guess I'll play that. That's the know? kind of enthusiasm I have for Shot and Totten, which I'm kind of surprised I, I Aaron was, didn't. It was coming. It was coming. Aaron didn't say was the thing that he wanted to play more. I don't want to play more because I have to play it with you, and you hated playing it with me, and that's not fun. I mean, I didn't, like, hate playing with you. I just feel like, of all games, it's fine. It's not even my favorite. And we did a, a podcast before called Battle Line Games or East-West Style Games, yeah. however you want to say, where kind of you have a center line of some sort in a two-player game, and you're kind of battling across that center line. I just don't... It's fine. So Shot and Totten, you're just playing down kind of poker-esque hands of cards, but one by one in up to nine different spots. And if you have the winning three-card hand, so to speak, played in that spot, you win the area control for that column. If you get three columns next to each other, you win. Or if you get five Five total columns then you win. Um, it was a close game. It came down to like the last, it was like four to four, and then someone got the fifth one, I think, or something similar to that. So it's not that I, I did horrible. I just feel like I don't have necessarily a good time. It's not a puzzle that my brain enjoys crunching on. It's card county at the end. It is card county at the end. That's true. And I mean, I think to an extent, it's card county throughout for that same reason. Well, right. But at the beginning, there's just less known information. So it's, it's harder to make, you know, not perfect information. And I will say that even though I'm definitely going to talk a little more about Three Sisters in yeah, a second, yeah. my game of the month, I think, is going to be Custom Heroes. And it's because it's something you never really hear much about. It's John D. Clare. Would you imagine that it's card crafting? Of course you would. It's all that he does. You usually, if you're playing with more than two people you put in one set of cards numbered one to 10. If you play with just two people, you put in three sets total. So you usually put in one for each player, but with two players, you put in an extra set. So there's 30 cards between Aaron and I when we played. And they're just, they have the custom heroes part is that there are pictures of heroes on them. And as you craft cards, it's almost like you're adding upgrades to these heroes. Like they may get like a super punch arm or something like that. So you're, you sleeve in upgrades to these heroes. And for every round of the game, you deal out all of the cards. So he gets 15 cards, I get 15 cards. It's then ladder climbing, which is a type of game that I think Aaron hasn't played a ton of. I played an unusual amount of Gang of Four a while ago, which is another ladder climbing game. And the idea there is if someone plays one card, everybody's playing one card this round, and whoever plays the highest one card wins. If somebody plays two cards then everybody else has to play two cards, the highest pair of cards wins, so on and so forth for however many cards that you get up to. Now, like I said, there's three of every number. 
However, because you can craft, customize these heroes, that means that you might end up with four number eights as you continue playing the game. Or so, a 13. Or a 13, because there are all these different numbers. And someone might put a 13. Later on, that might be crafted back down to a nine, and there's four nines. So, and usually in a set collecty kind of game and a card game like this Aaron is very adept at counting cards so as we play he knows exactly what each person has and what's left because we're crafting these as we go because even if he knows there's 15 cards in your I know what 15 cards you have sure you might know what 15 cards I have but then you have to start remembering which how was each one customized over each round because you play multiple rounds which I'm not as good at and you also don't know what customizations have I saved behind my little screen that I can add ad hoc whenever I want. I like it because I feel like I'm not adept at card counting, but I think I'm pretty good at just looking at my hand and sensing where I can and cannot have an advantage. After every round, you win a certain number of little tokens, and then the first to have a certain number of tokens wins. I got this completely on a whim from the AEG booth at Gen Con last year, I've liked it way more than I ever would have expected to. I like the fact that the cards change and it feels a little more, I think it feels a little more exciting that you are like customizing these heroes and it's just enough of that kind of vibe for me to really enjoy it. I, I, I like playing it as well, even though I would be better at it if we didn't change the cards. But, but I of course, the, I, think the first time we, I think the first time we played, you won. I think if I'm if I'm remembering PGA well enough, so I think we've only played it a couple times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a weird little. It's it's in their big in Japan series, which I think they may have just called that. Like I don't know that they're really big in Japan, but the back half of the rule book is in fact in Japanese. Who knows? Who knows? Um. But for that card crafting system, I think it's a nice little introduction into it. I think it if you think you're going to go on to play. Mystic Veil, or I think Edge of Darkness is a card crafting game. Dead Reckoning, which just came out. I think this is a very approachable, little fun start to that card crafting system where you do really understand how these choices are kind of building into the deck. So, yeah, at the end of the game, you might have like one number one, a couple 13s, a 12, two eights. It, I, I really like how it changes as you play. Yeah, I think it's a great game. Also, Shot and Taunt is pretty cool, too. Yeah, it's. It's only okay. I know there's a second shot in Totten. I don't. I can't imagine what they did. I can't imagine I'd like it more. But I almost want to try it in the sense that I don't have any love loss for the first one, and maybe the second one would preserve enough of what you like and and give me something to be a little more excited about. Or you would hate it more. Eh, that's probably not true. I wanted to before we before we end the the monthly wrap up podcast. There's a game I wanted to mention. We we mentioned it. We talked about it at length in another episode, but I I think it just needs to be mentioned on the monthly wrap up, which is the oh now I can't remember the name of the game. It's the oh, please the, explain it to me. The horse I'd love with, to guess the horse with the horse with the with with the dice. Long shot the dice. Yeah, game? Yeah, long shot the dice game. It was we. Oh, it was, yeah. I, I hadn't played it before this month. Super fun. Awesome. Yeah, because we did do a separate. We did a play counts episode on that because we played it. You and I. We played it with Adam on tabletop simulator and then we played it with another couple friends as well at four player so yeah and at all of the play counts we had a good time with it definitely check out that episode it was reviewed by shut up and sit down as well i feel like overall it's been getting very positive very positive reviews and we couldn't agree more yeah that honestly should be the game i want to play more of 
Oh, okay. Now, what did you say? You said it was going to be... Shot and Todd. No, what I said? Castles? Castles. No, Castles is my game of the month. Honestly, we'll have to listen back to know. Yeah, it's hard to say. We've played a lot of good games. Sounds like it's a long shot now, but it is. Thank you so much for listening to episode 42. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We were all very bogged down at the end of March, so this one was a little late in getting posted. Just making it through the Midwestern winter can be trying, but we're all coming back out the other side with a bit more spring energy. We hope that wherever you are, you're also feeling renewed as the seasons change. The next episode will be Adam, Aaron, me, and Jason talking about our trip to visit Adam in Madison, Wisconsin. We finally got the whole gang on a podcast. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 41 more episodes headed your way. The next one being Adam, Aaron, and myself playing some board game games about thematic settings, card text, and components. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Music.